Hello, welcome to Making of Her Story. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, my name is Crystal Farley. And I'm Heidi Solomon. And we have kicked off this podcast to share some stories of women from around the world. We have a really exciting guest today. I'm going to turn it over to Miss Heidi to do some introductions and then we'll get started. Yes, I am. Thank you, Crystal. I am thrilled to welcome Elisa Bloom to our podcast this morning. Uh, Elisa and I have been friends for many years and she is absolutely phenomenal. So uh, welcome, Elisa. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Crystal. It's great to be on her story. Yeah, so maybe a, a good starting point, Elisa, is for you just to talk a little bit about the work you're doing uh, for the Macy's Fashion Incubator and, um, you know, and I know you're involved in so many different things, so just to get a baseline uh, of who Elisa is, that'd probably be a good place to start. Sure. So I have been the executive director of the Philadelphia Fashion Incubator at Macy's Center City, as Heidi mentioned, um, for the past eight years. And it is really an exciting initiative in Philadelphia where we support six emerging fashion entrepreneurs and helping them further build and grow their companies in the region. And it's been a creative collaborative effort between the civic, corporate, and academic communities all coming together with that one main mission, which is supporting uh, designers and, and entrepreneurs. And one of the reasons why we decided to launch the initiative eight years ago is we realized there were really no resources or incentives for designers that wanted to stay in Philadelphia and start companies. And uh, we have partnered, as um, I mentioned, Macy's is our corporate sponsor. So we have about 800 square feet inside the beautiful Wanamaker building uh, in Center City uh, Studio and workspace for the designers. And then Center City District, which is our business improvement organization and the city of Philadelphia on board as founding sponsors. And then Philadelphia is home to three of the top 20 design schools in the world, Drexel University, Thomas Jefferson University, and Moore College of Art and Design. So we had reached out to those schools because we wanted to find a way to support alumni um, from each of those schools and um, having them stay in Philadelphia and, and start their businesses. So it's been exciting to see. I mean, I had my own accessories company when I lived in New York for 10 years, um, and it is challenging um, starting a fashion company. I mean, there's many different ducks that you have to have in a row. I mean, now it's not only about having great product, but you really have to understand how to price your items, how you're going to brand it, what the value proposition is. So all these intricacies of the business of fashion that we're really giving um, this information um, and resources and connecting our cohort of designers um, to industry leaders and selling opportunities has been you know, really exciting to see the impact uh, that we're having and that these designers are having with taking their businesses to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, you know, as I've followed the designers that you've worked with over the years, I, it's really an incredible program. And many of them have gone on to be, you know, global successes, correct? 
Yeah, we have one designer that recently sold her company last summer, um, which is very exciting. And another company that is going to be selling on QVC on air next year and also um, has a partnership she's working with with Target. Um, and, you know, I mean, Heidi, your your son is at FIT right now. I mean, yeah. You know, a lot about the fashion industry is smoke and mirrors. I mean, you never know how good a company is doing. And it's not about, you know, this one year program and we're going to make these designers a star and successful. It's really, you know, a 10, five, 10 year commitment mm -hmm. uh, to continually, you know, grow and um, build the company. And it takes time and everything I believe so strongly about just putting the work in and also um, just trusting that, you know, the right opportunities will come your way at the right time. Yeah. Timing is important. Timing is important. And I think, you know, maybe we could rewind a little bit about, uh, you know, and, and talk a little bit about your accessories business because, you know, having that foundation and having gone through the launch of your own business and you know some of the challenges associated with that gives you a unique perspective as you're working with some of these emerging designers absolutely and i launched my company and when i was 32 years old i had no design background no business background i was living in new york city working at bloomingdale's and home product development and i launched i went to actually the stationery show um, with a line of greeting cards because I was planning on starting a, a card company. And with these cards, I met one of the manufacturers that I, um, when I traveled to India and had asked him to make some beaded placemats for me with my artwork. And I put these beaded placemats out on a table at this paper show and everybody loved these images. They were girl, cartoony girl faces. And the overwhelming response was, this is too cute to put on a placemat. You shouldn't have these on bags. So not knowing anything about the accessories industry and taking this feedback in, I decided to research the market and launched uh, six months later uh, an, ex an accessories company under my name, Elisa Bloom, New York. And I didn't know anything. I didn't have a business plan. I just went, um, you know, from day to day thinking about, um, what I was going to create. And I had this one trade show with a, a gift rep in New York for the New York gift show, which is now called New York Now. And I had no other sales plan. And one of the pieces of advice I wanted to share is just the importance of, like there's never gonna be a good time. Like when I started my company, I had just ended a, an engagement. Um, I um, had no job. Um, it was right after 9-11 and, and Bloomingdale's had some layoffs and I had to move. So, you know, I had major, major changes happening in my life and I thought the only way to go is up. So there's never a perfect time to start a company. And I think that if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, and um, that you're passionate about it, that the universe will bring in the right people and the right resources to help you. And it, it ended up, I mean, what were your sales? I know you winded it down at some point, but, um, and, and made another pivot in your life, which we can talk about in a few minutes, but you, you were incredibly successful. I, I do think that's a great message because, you know, sometimes I think 
uh, especially women, we think we have to have all our ducks in a row, right? We need to know everything. And you were like, I, I don't know the accessories business, but I'm just going to go for it, right? Yeah. I mean, I knew the only place to go was up because I <laughs> so many major uh, changes had happened in my life at that time. And I, as I mentioned, um, didn't have any background in design or business or the accessories industry. And sometimes I feel the less you know, I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Entrepreneur, because you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes that's a good thing because you're going to figure it out. I mean, I had you know, a lot of success and I had a lot of failures and a lot of challenges and made a lot of mistakes along the way. But, you know, I learned from those mistakes and was really able to continue with the business um, for the eight years. And as I mentioned, I just had that one trade show um, on the calendar and afterwards I had no idea what I was doing. And I had ordered uh, with a manufacturer in China who was doing all the beaded private label accessories for Bloomingdale's. I was using um, this manufacturer and I had to place a 4,000 piece minimum order, $20,000 order, my first order. <laughs> and I didn't have any, I mean, I had maybe three orders from the gift show. Um, Fred Siegel in LA placed an order. The Nordstrom gift buyer came by um, and they ended up placing an order later in the year. Um, but the one wonderful uh, thing that happened is that my friend's boyfriend at the time was working on Wall Street and he said, you know, I'd love to help you with your spreadsheets and, you know, give you some feedback on, uh, on the business and your financial plan. So we're doing the spreadsheets. He's like, Alisa, you still have 3,980 units. You have to sell through, you better start selling. And just out of pure fear, I mean, that moment that, you know, we're actually looking at those numbers and I thought I need to become this saleswoman warrior. And I just hit the pavement running. I mean, my first three months I got on a plane, went to LA and San Francisco and went to the gift showrooms and secured reps and went to Chicago and secured a rep and did the Atlantic gift show. And I had a rep in New York and it really took off. I didn't realize at the time, I mean, it was not you can't plan these things. Uh, <laughs> it happened to have the right product at the right time at the right price point in the market and ended up opening up 400 accounts my first year and had 12 pieces of press and it continued to grow from there. Um, but after working 14 hour days, seven days a week, and I had 11 trips to Asia, um, which I loved. And my mom, who was retired, actually became my assistant and joined me in nine of those trips. Um, but I realized that I wasn't enjoying the work anymore and that I needed to take a step back and decide where my joy was going to be for my next chapter of my work life. So before you get into that though, Alyssa, I just want to ask you a question I, because I, I work with a lot of um, young female entrepreneurs or even, I mean, not young, just I knew it to the business and their biggest fear is taking the first step. And so, you know, some of the, the words we use are like, done is better than perfect. All you have to do is take the first step. Um, so I think that that's a really important message that you've shared in that when you, you don't have to know everything in order to be successful, right? So if you can identify a why, it doesn't have to be to make a million dollars. It could be to take the first step. It could be to be better than yesterday because you knew it was only, it could only go up. It wasn't going to be, there was a lot of faith you put into that. Well, I had nothing else 
going on. I mean, I feel the universe, it was like yeah. the darkness of the soul or the dark night of the soul. Like everything was taken from me, my job, my relationship, my home. And um, I think that the universe was kind of clearing the space for me um, to just, you know, trust myself and um, to, to move forward. And as I said, I mean, this, I had no business plan. It was not strategic at all. Um, But I really felt that, you know, this higher force um, or hand of God that was really guiding me. I mean, it was just an incredible experience to see and experience, you know, the people that came into my life that just wanted to help me. They wanted to see me succeed. And I think that that's so important when you're starting out on a new venture is to surround yourself with positive people and people that believe in you and that want to support you. Um, Because there's going to be a lot of naysayers and people that will talk you out of doing things. And I think that um, you just have to really surround yourself with people that want to to help you and see you succeed. And I know for you, you know, obviously your mom was your assistant, but she was also one of your biggest fans, but you also had sort of a complex relationship with her, right? Would you uh, mind touching on that a little bit? Sure. I mean, my mom and I were very close and we're both middle children um, and um, our personalities um, were very similar. I have a, a younger and older sister. Um, but, you know, she's very playful and funny and always lit up a room wherever she went. Um, but, you know, she was also this perfectionist and, um, you know, very critical and, you know, could be challenging at times. But, you know, she was always there for me. I mean, she always showed up and um, we had so much fun together and she was so proud of the work that I was doing. And she used to brag to everybody that she designed the designer. Uh, when I when I had the company and um, unfortunately when my um, my son was born eight years ago Avi my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um, she has since passed away she lived with the disease for um, eight years and she passed away last June and um, you know I, I miss her I miss having um, having her call me three times a day and checking up on me. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm really blessed to, you know, keep these wonderful memories that we were able to share when she was healthy, you know, to have this experience of traveling overseas, you know, with my mom on those nine trips, uh, was really such a gift. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's so amazing that you're so fortunate to have such a close relationship with, with her. How, how do you think that influenced you, because uh, I mean, you had told us a story earlier about her, um, you know, as we were prepping for this, working for the telephone company. I'd love you to share that for our listeners today because it was just awesome. Yeah, so my mom worked for New England Telephone Company. I grew up in the Boston area and she was a customer service rep. I mean, she answered calls, but she loved her job. And my dad, says one of the reasons why he was so attracted to her is because they they met at a dance and you know he'd meet other women and they were like oh yeah I'm a secretary and my mom was just like bubbling and so enthusiastic about her work at the phone company would have thought she was president of the company Um, but she truly loved her job and loved helping people and um, 
you know, I think so much of success and bringing in the right people is just the passion that you show around the work that you do. I think that's really important um, because people invest in people. And um, when you have that excitement about the work that you're doing, um, people want to be around that and they want to, you know, support you or invest in you. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, my dad marrying my mom um, um, was a wonderful obviously wonderful thing because I'm here today. Um, but, you know, it was really her enthusiasm um, for life and for her work that my dad was attracted to. That's just amazing. And it just, you know, the smile on our faces right now, it's so warm and wonderful, but you know, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, hearing you talk about the passion around your journey, um, it's just, it, it's definitely rubbed off. You definitely are, have a bit of your mom when you speak as well. So, so we talked a little bit about your journey and how it changed a little bit, right? When thinking about um, your, the work that you were doing and it wasn't really bringing you joy. So how did you change that? And then maybe we can sort of move into what's next. Sure. So I, as I mentioned, I was doing the business for eight years and realized that so much of my time was spent kind of putting out fires day to day, you know, on the operational side. And even though I had a lot of wonderful success, I was selling all over the country. I had accounts with Nordstrom. I was selling to Nordstrom and some other um, Dillard's and Macy's West. And I had international distribution and Henry Bendel's and a, a, a license with Avon Cosmetics for two years. And, you know, even with all of these wonderful um, successes that I had, I realized I wasn't happy on the day to day and um, needed to make a change. And that's one uh, piece of advice that I wanted to share with, with your with your listeners is that it's so important. I think as women, we tend to keep busy. And sometimes we do things that we don't enjoy doing. And it's important to take some time and create that space um, for self-reflection and to really evaluate you know, take every six months um, to to evaluate and see where you're at and um, how you can make a change either with the current work that you're doing um, to make it more enjoyable or um, to create, you know, something new that you've always wanted to do that you've had a passion for that you can do on the side. Um, but I think it's really important for women um, to have have time for reflection. Elisa went on to share more about self-care and the importance of taking time for yourself. Unfortunately, our recording cut out, but we will have Elisa back on the podcast later this year. For important updates on when that happens, please follow us on Twitter at Of Her Story and on Facebook and Instagram at Making Of Her Story. If you have a story that you want to share with the rest of the world, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to showcase you. Have a great day.